Welcome to Profiles in Leadership, an interview series. This is where we get pearls of wisdom for those who lead. I have a very special guest with us today, uh, Heidi Jenanga. Uh, and Dr. Jenanga is president and co-founder of WebPT, a four-time Inc. 5000 honoree and a leading software solution for PT, OT, and speech therapists. Heidi leads WebPT's uh, product vision, company culture, and branding efforts. She is an APTA member and a PTPAC trustee. In 2015, the Arizona Physical Therapy Association awarded her PT of the Year. In her free time, Heidi enjoys spending time with her daughter, practicing yoga, and is an avid hiker. Thanks for being here, Heidi. Pleasure. What was the first practice setting that you entered in physical therapy, and how did you get from there being to the CEO of your uh, company now? Well, I actually sparked my interest in physical therapy during college when I uh, went down with a knee injury like okay. many of us. Yeah. And what I was your sport? Uh, basketball. Okay. I played basketball at UC Davis oh, in nice. California. Okay. And uh, I had to actually go through physical therapy myself. I was actually a pre-med major and quickly changed after that. Uh -huh. And so once I went through physical therapy school at the then Institute of Physical Therapy with Stanley Paris, now University of St. Augustine. Okay. Uh, I started my career uh, in outpatient orthopedics in sports medicine. Okay. Uh, it's kind of what I thought I would do from the beginning and sort right. of followed that path. And my first gig actually was uh, with NovaCare. Okay. Um, and they had uh, paid for partial, um, I got a guy's gotten a partial scholarship with them sure. to go yeah. to PT school, and so I had to repay them with service for a year and yeah. ended up in uh, Arizona. Okay, and so then how do you go from being a clinical staff PT to uh, developing this practice management web based <laughs> amazing company? Well, it didn't happen overnight. Uh, I had been practicing for about 10 years, um, worked my way up through the ranks, and was actually had then moved to Physiotherapy Associates. Okay. I was managing a clinic director for three clinics okay. uh, and p responsibility. Uh -huh. And so uh, one of our big biggest expenses was transcription and dictation. Uh, and you know, as you know, with reimbursements steadily declining over the years, if you yeah. want to maintain a bottom line, you got to figure out how you can cut some expenses. Exactly. And so, um, you know, I we were using pen and paper at the time to do all of our documentation, and then some transcription and dictation to send, you know, uh, physicians our notes. And happened to just start dating um, a technologist. Uh huh. And so I posed the, the mm -hmm. question to him, hey, there's got to be something out there for physical therapists to help solve this transcription issue. Um, we looked at all the EMRs out there, and there was really nothing that suited my needs or that I could actually afford, even at a practice my size. And so we put our heads together and decided that we were going to build something, honestly, that was really just supposed to be for my practices. Right. Um, we did a little market research and we found that 80% of physical therapists were still using pen and paper and this was 2006-2007. I was going to say, the millennials watching this will say, you've been around a long time, but it wasn't that long ago, it right? It wasn't that long I know. ago. It wasn't that long ago. And you know, the, you know with the, the uh, High Tech Act and then the Affordable Care Act that came right after that, right. you know, there's this big push, but as you know, physical therapists were kind of left out of the mix with as for being eligible professionals. Yeah. And so we didn't get swept up in sort of that technology boom of the Incentive-based sort of adoption right. of electronic medical record that you know many physicians and hospitals right, felt. Right. And so we kind of stayed under the radar, and um, you know, uh, came out of the gates uh, in 2008. We launched actually at CSM. Really. In 2008. 2008. Wow. And you know, fast forward nine years, and we now are serving over 
9,500 clinics across the nation and close to 6,500 or 65,000 uh, professional users. Wow, and how many staff do you have in your company? <laughs> we just pushed over 300 employees. Wow, and I, you have a new building, I understand, or I guess yeah. it's probably not that new now, but it was. Yeah. Well, um, I guess so, yeah. You know, we've, uh, from the very beginning, sort of had an interesting culture of really sort of embracing, you know, not only just um, our employees as very employee-centric kind of um, company, but also the community. Uh, Phoenix isn't really known that well for technology, and yeah. uh, you know we've sort of helped to drive this nice, you know, stake in the ground for yeah. this um, big wave of startups and technology. And so, um, you know, we started in the back of the coffee shop, like that whole kind of <laughs> entrepreneurial yeah. you know, dream, American dream, uh, literally in the back of the storm of a coffee shop. And now we have a little over 3,700 yeah. square feet. Wow in downtown Phoenix Warehouse District. Wow, it's, it's, and, uh, uh, it's really exciting. It's amazing growth, it's amazing growth. So why do, why do you think PT struggles so much with documentation and, and the billing requirements that we have? Is it, you think it's kind of self-inflicted or, or do you think it's because of all the regulations and stuff that's put on us by insurance companies and, and the government and so on? Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when I went through PT school, Having to do documentation and you know writing your notes on your patients mm. wasn't my priority. We all right. got into this because we want to help people and we want to treat patients. Right. Uh, and so the regulatory and compliance burden has you know really you know put a damper I think on you know mm -hmm. why we love to do what we do, but it's a it's a sort of a necessary evil if you want to get paid for services these days. And so um, you know I think that it, it, it's a necessity um, just by sheer nature of, of the compliance factors that are now coming into play. Uh -huh. Part of it is just that, you know, over time we haven't been great documenters um, and really being able to show our value through the documentation. Um, and so, you know, there's this, this balance that has to happen between being compliant but not right. also just being verbose, extra verbose. Yes. Uh, and I think that starts with PT education. I know when I went through PT school, you know, we hand wrote three three pages of, of <laughs> notes for a soap note or a evaluative process. Yeah. And you know, that's the that that's the, that can't be reality uh, in these in these days with reimbursement steadily declining and having to you know really see. Um, you know, a number of patients in, in a day that it will allow you to make a good living. Yeah. So I, you answered this a little bit earlier, but I want to go in a little further, yeah. you know. So WebPT, um, you know, you, you said you didn't start off with that vision of what it is today. But how has that vision evolved? And, and are you at the vision that that you have? Are you still going? Or or do it more from a leadership perspective. I mean, uh, how, do, how does someone would probably look at uh, you know, I'm a PT, and I, well, I could never do a web PT, but obviously you started very small, and look where you are in a fairly short amount of time. Yeah, you know, it, it is an iterative process. Um, when we first started out, and still today, our sort of goal is really around problem solving. And that's, that's you know, at the end of the day, what entrepreneurs really do, mm -hmm. is they find a problem, and they solve it in a unique way that people are willing to buy, yeah. Uh, monetize it, and you know it blossoms into a business. And you know we we found a problem that no one was solving as well as we could. Um, and we started out with the documentation first because everyone else was doing billing uh, because that was sort of what everybody had to have. Right. And they were just sort of tacking on a documentation platform that really was you know not very easy to use and right. not intuitive. And right. So we came at it from the approach of hey, what's missing here? You know what what is the biggest pain point? 
uh, and obviously we we yeah. did that pretty well. Um, but over time, it's you know our, our vision from the very beginning started 10 years ago. A lot of things have changed in physical therapy and yeah. in the industry and, and you know rehab in general. And so you have to always sort of be looking towards the future and have your sort of you know the pulse on what's happening and take some bets, right? Yeah. We took a bet on outcomes uh, early yeah. that you know we would get to the place where we are now, knowing that it's about a cross-disciplinary approach, not a proprietary approach, where right. you've got to have information that's uh, relevant to other professions and other disciplines, not just relevant to physical therapists. Right. And that's where we are today. Yeah. Right? Much more you know, collaborative care model, more patient-centric model that is incorporating a lot of different disciplines in, in the equation. So what was your aha moment that got you from you know in the back of the coffee shop to now where you're at today what what was the aha moment that just said gosh we could really do this do you remember that sure there are a lot of aha moments <laughs> actually but you know um there's been a couple i'll share with you just so when we first launched and you know we were super nervous we had, you know we had spent 500 dollars on this booth and you know we were bootstrapping and you know we didn't know if people were going to be able yeah. to, to understand the, the monthly subscription model which was totally different totally than new. anybody else yeah. was doing um but you know those first few therapists that sauntered in and walked by our booth and said pointed at our booth and said hey what pt's here um we knew we had a name that was recognizable and yeah. you know we sold five clinics that first month and from then it's been you know our next best month every single month so um, it, from that moment of the, the name recognition, I think we, we had a lot to it. But then I think the other one was in 2010, um, when we first took our, we took an angel round of funding in in 2010. Uh -huh. And uh, we had um, obviously a lot of advisors come in and want to, want to help. And one of the first things they looked at was our marketing spend. And we had only spent in those two years about $50,000 in marketing. Yeah. And so, of course, bells are going off for them of, oh my gosh, just put a little more money right, in here. Right, right, right. So we had a consultant come in uh, who's very well, Greg Head, he's, he's a great guy from the Phoenix area, and uh, just helped us to put together a marketing plan that would really promote us in, in sort of this um, thought leadership era, uh -huh. right? And having known my background and sort of, you know, how, you know, WebPC came about and why it came about, um, we really have pushed that. So really um, developing a community, right? Yeah. We call our customers members for a reason because they're part of what we're, you know, uh, building uh -huh. as a community that is not just about those that use WebPT, it's about elevating the profession as a whole. So the education yeah. that we do, the free webinars, you know, all of the blogs and, and you know, mm -hmm. um, other educational platforms of social media, all of that stuff is really to generate more attention to us as a profession, right? Yeah. You know, you know we thing. have a little yeah. bit of, of an issue yeah, with our brand do. as we a do. physical therapist. So. Nobody knows about us but ourselves, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, it's one of those rising tides, raises all boats kinds of concepts. So, as we become more successful, those around us uh, will we'll do the same. So I think this is interesting, so I'd like to ask it a little deeper. So when you do the private equity money yeah. um, that, that come in, you know, I think a lot of people are afraid, oh, then, I'm going to lose control, they're going to take over, you know, whatever, but it sounds like you have a pretty good relationship with your partners in that we sense. We have a fantastic relationship, and I think, you know, one of the keys was that we didn't need to take money. Yeah. We were never at a point of desperation, uh -huh. um, that we took it in because we wanted to pick the right partner. Uh -huh. uh, we took our, our sweet time doing it, and we yeah. did tons of interviews, we had lots of free dinners. <laughs> <laughs> And um, and we we chose the right partner that believed in our culture, believed uh -huh. in what we were trying to accomplish, had obviously the the healthcare IT resources, 
or, or yeah, background in resources. And um, yeah, we so, so we took that round in 2010. We also took our second round in, in 2014 with right. Battery Ventures, which was really the, the bigger round. That okay. is really and then that was a different company. equity partner at that Correct. point? Right, okay. Yeah, we started with a little small angel uh, small right. angel group from Phoenix. And right, then and then you went. With, yeah, batteries out of Silicon Valley. So, so the lesson the there is do your homework. Make sure you get the right partner. Do your homework and, you know, at the end of the day, we had our nose to the grindstone with the not not an exit strategy in mind. We we were we were trying to build a great company from the beginning, and that's what we've always talked about. Um, and you're not building towards a specific sort of outcome, right? Right. It's just about building a great company, which includes everything from, you know. Your employees, right, and putting them right. first, and customer right. service as a foundation, which has been a differentiator for, for us from the very, very beginning. But also building a great product, right, and keeping up with the times, and making sure you're continuing to drive that innovation and and, and technology platform. Yeah. So, and now you you and I have discussed this before, and you mentioned earlier that it needs to be more than just a PT EMR. How, how do you get the EMR to be interoperable with the bigger, you know, the Epics and the Cerners and things like that? I would think that's, uh, you're probably doing some of that, but that's, that's the holy grail, isn't it? I mean, how do you get there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, interoperability is a big key buzzword right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, phase one of the whole meaningful use platform was just get everybody on something like digital documentation. Right. Phase two is all about getting those systems to talk to each other. Exactly. Um, and sort of with consolidation that's happening now and more hospitals sort of try to find other ways for revenue sources, they're buying up a lot of outpatient practices or at least right. putting them in their networks and they want them all in the same system. You know, we've, um, We've fought really hard, and there's a lot of people that are starting to, to, you know, march to the same drumbeat. That you know, the Cerners and Epics of the world are not. Everyone's not going to be. Those systems aren't equipped to satisfy niche uh, disciplines like physical therapy. Right. Um, and so the way to do that is to connect. Exactly. Right? To yeah. be able to have these niche platforms that are able to serve the needs of those those specific disciplines, but then transfer data and information back and forth. So whether it's from a central scheduling platform, right, that, it, that feeds the demographic data into, which we were able to do, and then pushing, pushing the billing uh, information out, right, right, so that they can continue to have their central billing hub or whatever platform they're using, which we also do. So, yeah, yeah this is a the big part of our sort of next phase of WebPT right. is, is um, really moving into that hospital structure and um, definitely the enterprise level right. uh, accounts. So I don't want to put you on the spot, yeah. but, it, but do you have an example of like a, a group of your customers that, that did do something jointly with a hospital system or wherever where you made that connection? Or is that still to come? No, no. So uh, we have a great we, great relationship with MedStar. So we actually okay. just um, went through a full imp implementation with them this year. Okay. Um, they're a, a great um, group of clinics um, in the the northeast, mm -hmm. um, and uh, they their hospital system uh, was actually on Cerner. Okay. Um, but they decided that they really wanted to, to be with WebPT. Right. And so we did a full implementation with them. They're continuing to work very closely with the hospital system, obviously. But yeah. they were actually they fought to right. continue to use some sort of proprietary system that allowed all three of their disciplines, so they have PTOT and speech, um, to be on a system that would really be able, they would be able to use, um, and that would 
you know, go in with their workflow and allow their right. therapist to, to really maximize their ability to bill, but also right. stay compliant. So they don't have to come out of the hospital system to go into their system. Absolutely so, not. So, yeah. It's so all that's, seamless. Yeah, right? that's, 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 that's the way the to way go. That's the way to the future, for sure. Yeah. So how does patient outcomes fit in um, to this whole thing that we, that we talked about. In other words, uh, you know, in the future of PT, I think we, we could agree that, you know, outcomes are important and we, we should do that, but do we need, you know, one system? Do we need a few robust systems? Do we need how many systems we have now? Where do you think it's going? And I know it's, it's hard because, you know, everyone's here selling their wares. Yeah, I would hope at the end of the day, we think about what our ultimate goal is, and that's really to be able to show the value of physical therapists, right? right? And what we bring to the table. Uh, and outcomes is a huge component of that. Um, I'm a huge proponent of, which I think we've, we, we discussed earlier, of you know that propri proprietary systems are not going to be scalable for us as a profession um, because no one knows what the outcomes mean outside of our own profession. Right. Um, and so having measures and outcome tools that are cross-disciplinary are critical. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, whether or not I think competition is good in terms of we need to get adoption. We need right. to get more people using, you know, whatever platform, but just using outcomes. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of people that have been collecting the outcomes data but the future really is they in don't the know how to use it. Exactly. Right. The analysis. What do you do with that information right. once you have it? How do you put you know really cool slicks together to go talk to your physician? How do you um, take that information and start using it in performance reviews with your uh, your, your clinicians in your right. practice to know who needs more continuing education and who do, in, in what area? And how um, to become better clinicians is treating the patient based on how you're moving along the outcome spectrum. So, and yeah. benchmarking, right? Yeah. How, how do you know that you're even doing, how do you know that what you say in your website, that you're the best, that you really are the best? Yeah. Right? And so yeah. finally, we're going to have some objective data to, to validate some of those claims. Uh, yeah. And actually, you know, push more of the relevant uh, research that we've done to say, you know, we are the low back pain specialist. We should be out there. Look at our outcomes, right? right. On top of look at the research. Yeah. So are you, are you optimistic that PTs can collaborate and, and work together and maybe give up something here to gain something there and so on? Or do you think it's uh, it's, it's a little um, Old Westish right now, wouldn't you say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot of fear that's yeah. still out there. And so when, you know, when you, you're a little scared, you tend to kind of pull in and kind of corral things, what you think that, you know, you need to protect. Um, but if we don't yeah. collaborate, I think it's, I don't know, what's that adage, collaborate or die? Exactly. Um, I think that that's really what we have to embrace. And I, yeah. I, ha I am very optimistic. I think that, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years now in terms of being a physical therapist, and I've seen that pendulum swing a couple times, yeah. you know? HMOs, now ACOs are, were, were back when I first came out of school, and then, you know, they all the big companies went bust, and now there's all this disparate, you know, uh, clinics and, and, and um, companies out there, and so private equity money comes in and says, oh, you know, we need economies we of scale, we can yeah. consolidate, and so it's happening again. Um, you know, this time I think it's interesting that there's a lot more PTs at the head yeah. of a lot of these, you know, larger right. companies, which I think I think is good. Um, and you know, as we continue to, to move into understanding more right. of how do we prove our value, I think we're going to find our place. I'm we're curious place. as to I'll bet in that consolidated world, you probably have some very happy and very um, 
uh, uh, customers that like your services, but they get bought by somebody else or they join somebody else, sure. and sometimes you're going to lose customers based on they use another yeah. system. So does that happen a lot, or do you, do you have a pretty good track record for we convincing have, them to turn to your your product? I was just going to say, we take that as an opportunity, yeah. uh, because a lot of them will have either legacy, old, you know, server-based systems, or you know, what we're finding actually right now is that most of the companies are consolidating so fast that they actually are keeping multiple systems in place until they can actually think about infrastructure. Right, right? Right. right now they're just in buy mode. Um, and if they're happy and they're they're doing well, they're buying yeah. them for, for a reason usually. Most clinics are not being bought because they're like, they need a lot of work right. at this point in time. Right. right? The, the successful practices are the ones that are, are, are getting bought up. Right. So, um, you know, we, we find it as an opportunity to, to make sure that, you know, that new company coming in is, is understanding who we are and the value right. that we provide. I'll also say, um, you know, Battery Ventures has been a great partner to us in, in knowing a lot of the PE companies that are, are putting money into these organizations. Uh -huh. And so kind of going from the top down and bottom up um, yeah. has been pretty successful for us. Yeah, that's great. So what do you think we need to do as a profession, or what needs to change for physical therapy to be in the game of healthcare reform and actually bring down healthcare costs? Man, we need some people to listen because we've been doing the research. It's been out there, right? We're yeah. just we're the high quality, low cost providers. Uh, with and I think the outcomes piece is critical for that because right. that's really what they're listening to. We need that uh, objective sort of data to to validate all of those claims that we've been talking about for years. Um, I think that also it's it's uh, it's. It's going to be about collaborative care. It's yeah. about therapists combining forces with other disciplines um, that you know are, are empowering what we're doing. Um, the other piece is that we need to step up, and if we you know we we can do this, we just need to get more people believing that we can be primary care providers, yeah. right? And we can be primary care for musculoskeletal injuries and. Um, there's a huge need for it. Mm -hmm. We just got to believe we can do it and get yeah. the right, you know, uh, education in place to make sure that we're 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 out there putting that sort of stake in the ground. Yeah. So what's WebPT look like in 10 years? <laughs> well, um, you know, we always claim world domination. So um, <laughs> you know, we our roadmap includes international. So yeah. uh, okay. you know, we we definitely are moving in that direction mm -hmm. of, of trying to. Um, you know, get out there in other English-speaking countries, and um, you know, uh, trying to get WebPT uh, global. Yeah, that's cool. So that I would say that's probably where we look in 20, yeah. 10 years. But I mean, I would say you know, definitely, just like there has been consolidation happening in um, you know the from the clinical aspect, there's also consolidation that's happening on the uh, technology sector. Right. The technology right. sector. There's just so many disparate systems out there. Um, and if you think about, you know, the Cerner's and Epics of the world, they were, they're doing so many implementations for all of these big incentive checks that they got, they're going to continue, they're going to need to continue to grow. Right. Um, and so I think, you know, there's probably going to be some consolidation of these niche type platforms mm -hmm. and whether, you know, it's battery pairing us up with somebody else or, you know, somebody taking us in into their uh, organization. You know, that's probably a possibility in the next, yeah. you know, yeah. five to seven years as well. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So what pearl of wisdom would you share with our uh, viewers here today that uh, as far as a leadership role for a PT that's maybe a new professional or someone who's in their career right now but uh, wants to be the next uh, Heidi? Huh, pearls of wisdom. <laughs> um, 
You know, as a leader, I think that, at least for me, earlier in my early in my career, it was difficult to either let someone fail or even have failure on your resume. Yes. And uh, I think that you know, you, I'm a firm believer now that you learn so much more now in failure than yeah, you do in absolutely, success. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, um, you know, we uh, we adhere sort of to the the Daniel Pink philosophy of mm -hmm. with our employees of, of really, you know, pushing the autonomy mastery um, kind of concepts, right? Yeah. And um, so, so I think that would probably be it, is just don't be afraid to fail. To fail, yeah. And those that you're managing, let them fail. Yeah. Right? Because when they, they, they no one likes to fail, and guaranteed when, when they do, they're never going to let it happen again, but they're yeah. going to learn, you know, the mistakes that right. they made, why they made them. One of our core values at WebPT is F up, own up. Is what? F up, own up. Okay, that's <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. So and, yeah. And we we purposely like put those words out there because um, we wanted people to understand that we know mistakes are going to happen. Yeah. And it's really how you deal with those mistakes and handle right. those mistakes. If you just sweep them under the rug, well, you're not welcome it's, it's, here. It's a great philosophy. Yeah. yeah it's and awesome. so it, it's and we're moving yeah. so fast and growing so fast. We know mistakes are going to yeah, happen. Yeah, you're going to make mistakes. So right. yeah, and you so learn from them. How yeah. do you deal with it? You teach yeah. others, you know, so that no one else makes that mistake again. You know, do we learn from those mistakes so we can kind of move forward, change things right. to make sure that you know it's it's better in the future? So, if um, I was to ask one of your employees, what's your leadership style? What would they tell me? I would hope the first thing would be collaborative. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm a very uh, I like self-starters, right? So I'm I'm not I'm I'm definitely not trying to be in the weeds. Um, I think. My sort of leadership style is very much of a servant leader, uh -huh. um, and uh, try to really show them sort of where we're trying to get. Um, you know, articulating the vision and the purpose of why we're doing things, uh, and allow them to sort of figure out. You know, here's A, here's B. I want you to get to B. You figure out how to get from A to B. I'll give you the bumper system that you kind of have to stay in, but yeah. if you zigzag along the way, that's fine as long as you meet your deadline. Yeah. I may zigzag the other way if I was going to do it, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, so, appreciate um, different styles and yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We have a very um, diverse uh, group of people. We have an amazing crew at WebPT, I want yeah. to tell you. Our, our culture is just fantastic and love to have you come down to Phoenix. I'd and love do a to tour see it. Someday. It would yeah. be great. I'd love to see it. Yeah. So, anyway, well, thank you so much for uh, spending time with us today. Uh, you're you, so you have an amazing company and uh, you. you're, you're killing it, as they say. <laughs> so, uh, keep on going and uh, we appreciate it very much. Appreciate and it. we just like to thank uh, VGM Vantage for uh, letting us uh, film this in their booth today. We're here at uh, the Combined Sections meeting in San Antonio, Texas. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.